Hello again, emergency medicine aficionados, and welcome back to eMigCast. My name's Larissa, and I'm a fourth-year medical student at Oregon Health and Science University in Portland, Oregon. As always, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or on our website to see other episodes, make comments, ask questions, or suggest new episode topics. Additionally, you can check out Reddit to see our posts. For this episode, I'm in Chicago, Illinois, the Windy City, home of deep dish pizza, jazz music, the Chicago Bulls, and the John H. Droger Jr. Hospital of Cook County, which you might remember as the setting for the hit TV show ER. Did you catch the reference from the audio clip at the beginning of the episode? Today I'm talking with Dr. Stephen Bowman about another issue that has been on my mind since deciding to apply to residency in emergency medicine. Diversity in emergency medicine. Dr. Bowman is the residency program director at Cook County, has authored several papers about increasing diversity in emergency medicine, and has successfully made the residency program at Cook County one of the most diverse in the nation. Welcome to eMigCast, Dr. Bowman. Let's start by talking about how you picked emergency medicine and how you ended up here in Chicago. I'll start with how I ended up in Chicago first. I was born in Chicago and I grew up here. I was only away for you know brief stints in college. I went to undergrad at Stanford and med school at WashU, and since then I've uh, been here in Chicago. In terms of how I select emergency medicine, that's pretty interesting. When I graduated from medical school, uh, well, actually before, when I was approaching my senior year, I had, I think, an experience that's typical of many emergency medicine students that end up going into emergency medicine, that experienced so many things that I just didn't feel like any one was uh, my particular calling, but I knew I liked acuity, and I really had enjoyed my experiences in acute care settings, and emergency medicine was a relatively newer specialty, and I was interested, and I thought, well, maybe that's what I wanted to do. At the time, though, there was not a lot of support in my institution for uh, emergency medicine because it was such a new specialty, and I specifically remember my advisor discouraging me from applying to emergency medicine. I kind of thought that being a jack-of-all-trades and a master of nothing was a bad way to <laughs> pursue medicine. He did offer to get me into a plastic surgery residency, so I wasn't completely <laughs> devastated. But uh, it turns out that emergency medicine was absolutely the best choice that I could have made. In your opinion, what is the state of diversity in emergency medicine today? Well, that's actually interesting. I'm, I think my opinion is important, but I, I think I'd probably rather answer that question with a little data. The reference that I'm going to use is probably the most comprehensive analysis of at least residency training and the status of residency training. And it's done every year or biannually by the American Board of Emergency Medicine. And the most recent one was for the 2016-2017 year. And it was published in Annals back in May. And I'll have the reference for you. You can take a peek at it. But it basically looks at the demographics of emergency medicine training. And it gives you a snapshot. And ABIM is very thorough in their analysis of data, and they, you know, trend it. And we can kind of take a look at how the specialties changed over years. And it's actually very interesting. So, I mean, some of the highlights from this particular report is kind of, again, a snapshot. And at the time, there were just over 200 accredited emergency medicine programs with a total of 6,000 residents in the, across the country. And looking at the demographics for this particular group, 73% of those residents are white. 5% are black, less than 1% are American Indian or Alaska Native, 15% are Asian, Hispanics identified about 7%, 
and there's a group of others and multiracial residents that are another 70% or so. So just looking at the numbers, if you think about it, it's not really my opinion in terms of the overall state of diversity. It's that the numbers kind of speak for themselves. And when you look at other specialties, say family medicine and internal medicine, OBGYN, pediatrics, the numbers are similar, but in some ways, you know, better. And again, the other thing with respect to diversity, in addition to ethnicity, is also gender diversity, too. And again, emergency medicine, in terms of residents, 63% of those residents are, are male. Again, not my opinion, but, you know, emergency medicine is a white male specialty right now. And again, that's not, you know, in and of itself a bad thing. But when you compare it to some of the other specialties, our numbers are a little, are a little different, a little bit less diverse, a little bit more male. Why do you think emergency medicine continues to lack diversity? Well, that was a bit of a mystery. I think one issue, and, and again, many emergency medicine programs have diversity goals. You know, they have the desire to attract and train a diverse residency pool. And I think a lot of programs recognize that diversity has some intrinsic value with respect to a program's overall strength. I think it's important. It's complicated in terms of why you know, residents select places to train in. I would, you know, hazard that there's not enough residents in the emergency medicine pipeline to diversify all the emergency medicine programs actually seeking to meet their diversity goals. So one part of it that there needs to be a pipeline of diverse applicants. You know, one of the things that we see that we we notice in our own applicant pool is that a lot of programs are competing for a very small set of candidates. And again, I said the number there's, uh, there currently, at the time of this study, there were 289 residents in all emergency medicine that self-identified as black. Well, there's 200 programs. That's kind of the, the skew. You know, you can't have like 1.5 residents, you know, or 1.25 residents in each program. It's hard to kind of generate the critical mass. And again, the thing that encourages diversity is, you know, again, having the pipeline, but also having faculty at the other end other things that would support a diverse setting, you know, having a diverse patient population, diverse faculty, a diverse community. We, we did a lot of talks at, at CORE in terms of helping programs attract specifically minority candidates, underrepresented candidates. And we looked at the, the example of like African-American candidates. And it's like, well, when candidates come and they look at the program, and let's say it's in a, not in an African-American community necessarily, but, you know, you still want to think, well, you spend some time at work learning, and then when you're not at work, what do you do? And it's not just like necessarily all culture, but it's like, well, where do you go get your hair cut? You know, just think broadly about challenging it is for programs to diversify their experience. They have to have resources for, for residents that would, you know, make them comfortable and want to be at a place. Why is diversity important in medicine in general, and more specifically in emergency medicine? There's been a lot of evidence that shows that physicians who are, are representative of the groups that they serve tend to have better outcomes, or at least that's, you know, the current, current belief. With respect to medicine in general, I think having a diverse workforce is important in delivering, you know, quality health care. And again, it depends a lot on, you know, actually where the providers and the patients actually are and the communities that are, are being served by the selected providers. With respect to emergency medicine, uh, certainly, we serve and deal with very diverse populations. And again, if you think about 5% of, of residents, and I would imagine that the numbers for faculty are similar or less, 
we, we believe that having a diverse physician workforce in a setting with a diverse patient population, there's a connection between quality and that diverse physician workforce. How has Cook County managed to cultivate diversity within its resident class and its faculty? Well, I think actually that we still have work to do. One of the things, again, that makes it easy is that we are in Chicago. And so that makes things significantly easier for us. Um, We have a very diverse city. And in turn, our institution in itself is amazingly diverse with providers uh, from all over the world. A diverse community attracts diversity. That doesn't mean that we don't have to also work to uh, make sure that we communicate that message that the overall goal of diversity is something that's of value to our department. And I think even that's an important thing that, you know, all program leadership from the chairman, program directors down, you know, have to understand that diversity has intrinsic value. And the goal of having a diverse faculty or residents has to be clearly communicated to everyone. And I think we've been largely successful in that. But again, we're also dealing with small applicant pools. You know, we have 30 faculty and we have two African-American men and one African-American woman. As diverse as it is with representation from other groups, and again, our faculty is very diverse, our numbers are not representative of our population still. What do you think needs to happen on a medicine-wide scale to promote diversity? Some of the more important things medicine-wide is to continue to have this pipeline programs, having really robust investment in young people um, that medicine is still actually okay to do. Dr. Bowman mentions pipelines a few times. A pipeline program is a program designed to expose young people to aspects of medicine while providing support, encouragement, and experience to help them succeed. I think about my own children, one of whom is pre-med and the others have no interest in pursuing careers in medicine. Medicine honestly may have lost its appeal to this generation. So anything that exposes young people early on to careers in science, technology, medicine, I think have value. And I can't overstate how often even we see pediatric patients here who are surprised when they have, you know, doctors of color actually taking care of them. It's like, are you really a doctor? You know, even here, again, in Chicago. So it's encouraging and getting young people early on and supporting them through undergraduate and making sure they're successful in their undergraduate years uh, and in medical school is still kind of where I think the push needs to be. Does Cook County have a pipeline program? We do not have a specific pipeline program. We do have a a new group. We have a social medicine interest group, which we just formed. And one of the objectives for that group is to actually try to provide outreach um, and target small groups. We're still kind of a, a work in progress with respect to the small groups of students to expose them to medicine. Um, And we do have partnership. We do know other programs, and we've had resident representatives who've completed other pipeline programs, uh, most famously the Kings County's program. We've had a few uh, graduates who've joined us as residents from our former uh, chief residents, Rob Gore's program. It's an amazing program. So we've had a few graduates of that program uh, here. And also the University of Illinois has an urban health program, and we've had graduates of the urban health program as residents here as well. So we have connections, but we don't have our own you know, pipeline program, but it is a goal. Dr. Becky Parker, the president of ASEP, stated that emergency physicians have a unique perspective in leading the charge on diversity and inclusion. What do you think she meant by that? 
Uh, Becky Parker is wonderful. It's tough for me to actually interpret her words. However, I, I think the overall practice of emergency medicine, you know, the whole concept of whoever you are, no matter what you have, no matter when you come, we're here to take care of you. And that is actually this, you know, again, the spirit of diversity. You can't be the person that's able to do that without really truly understanding how people are different and how their differences impact how they arrive, how they're going to interpret the information, how they're going to understand, how they're going to communicate, how they're going to follow your instructions, and how their outcome is going to be impacted. And emergency medicine, again, we deal with these amazingly diverse patient populations, and I think that does place us in a in a unique place to, to speak out. I mean, this is where the rubber hits the road. You know, emergency medicine is the forefront of medicine. What are some of the barriers for minorities to become leaders within emergency medicine? When I go to national meetings and um, when I participate in medical society meetings and other organizational meetings, there are very few African-Americans specifically. And I would say, with respect to other classically underrepresented groups, in leadership positions. And one of the things that's actually missing is, you know, we talked about the pipeline, which is kind of the push. There needs to be more people at the top for what I call the pull, right? You need to have mentorship to become a leader in terms of there are mentors who are available that may not necessarily be uh, from an underrepresented group that do provide mentorship, but certainly going to meeting and seeing other people in leadership would make you feel like, okay, this is something I can do, or these are people I can talk to to find out how they did it, you know, to guide me, you know, provide wisdom. How does diversity enhance the function of a group or organization, such as the emergency department? It's a, a matter of perspective, and the, the, the trick is to make sure that programs actually use their diversity. We're well aware now that there is unconscious bias, right? And so, Sometimes when decisions are made, the decisions are made based on the person's making decisions experience and their unconscious bias. And what may seem like a completely rational decision when presented to someone else with a different perspective, different set of experiences, you know, getting to that point may seem completely offensive. And having a diverse faculty to vet ideas, to get multiple perspectives, sometimes makes decisions better. As an example, I think we're discussing the use of a language card to assist with patients who didn't speak English. I mean, it was a well-intentioned, well-thought-out card where you could point, you know, and talk about what your problems are. And as we were kind of discussing the card, you know, some faculty and, and nurses were like, well, why would I use this card? Because this says that you don't care enough about me to actually have somebody that actually can talk to me. And it was like, oh, wow. So this is really interesting. So this really great card, it would have been signed by a national organization, well thought out, well intended, triggered this small group to say, well, wait a minute, this is weird. Why is this like this? So that's the kind of thing that different perspectives can help you understand. What is your best advice for minority medical students interested in emergency medicine? So first of all, my best advice is excellence. Emergency medicine programs have grown and become notoriously competitive. And I feel for candidates, such a popular specialty, and the number of applicants per candidate is much higher than I would like to see. But I realize that there's all this anxiety. So I would tell 
medical students, first of all, there's no substitute for excellence. So you really have to really take advantage of your first and second years and early clinical years and work really hard and make sure you're doing the best that you absolutely can. You know, put your whole game forward. Other good advice, so when you think about programs, apply to programs and look at programs that definitely have strong track records with respect to recruiting a diverse residency pool, but don't be closed off to places that have not. There are a lot of amazing programs, great program directors who really have a mission to recruit diverse residency pool who are great resources, but sometimes you know candidates may overlook because at first glance, the program just doesn't appear to be like a diverse place. It's sometimes okay being the first person. Uh, sometimes it's tough, but there are places that you should look at and, and not just write off automatically. Again, the overall goal is to become a great emergency medicine physician, and there are places that will provide that experience for you. Other advice, make sure that you meet people, um, take advantage of opportunities to interact in small groups as best you can, with program leadership and residents, definitely seek out the advice of residents and their experiences in applying. I think residents have great insight in terms of what's actually happening nationally with respect to programs that are a valuable resource. Although Chicago is a diverse place, are there still instances where your patients or even your colleagues question your abilities because of race? I don't know for sure if anyone's questioned my abilities because of race. I do know that, as I said earlier, that unconscious bias exists, and I still, you know, deal with the occasional microaggressions and other things that I think are common to minorities that work in a majority workforce. I mean, there's little tiny things. I tend not to dwell on those things, and they're clearly not representative of, you know, my global experience, and I was sharing with a colleague that I really enjoy working. For every negative experience I've had with respect to, you know, those types of issues, I'm rewarded by, you know, five to ten more positive experience with patients and other faculty and other people, you know, who value me as I am. Any last words of wisdom? I think uh, this podcast is wonderful. Hopefully it will resonate with students and hopefully put people at ease and get the message out, maybe hopefully to some program leadership if they're so inclined to listen and I would say keep doing it, and hopefully you'll continue doing it during your residency and continue to lend your voice to our emergency medicine community. Dr. Bowman, thank you again for coming on eMigCast, and thank you for all of your work towards making emergency medicine a specialty that represents the populations that it serves. Thank you. It was a pleasure. A special thank you to the Oregon Health and Science University Bacon Award for providing the funding to make this episode possible.